Well, I just think about praying and leaving. <laughs> that was, wow, great time. Great time of worship. Wow. Well, good morning. Good morning. Uh, wow, I'm torn between two chapters right now. Uh, Psalms or Luke. And after the music, I'm just like, wow, what do we need to do at this point? Let's go to Psalms. Psalm 86. Psalm 86. What I have prepared, we'll just wait till next week. Uh, I think we're supposed to go to Psalm 86 this morning. You know, we're reading through the Psalms as a church family, and today would be Psalm 85. Tomorrow is Psalm 86. So we're going to set you up for tomorrow. Psalm 86. Hear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life. For I'm devoted to you. That word life is a larger word than sometimes we think about. It means, in the Hebrew, it means everything that's going on in your life. All your relationships, right? Uh, your school, if you're in school. Your work, if you're at work. Uh, it's, it's a really large, you know, Hebrew, when you have one word, it can mean 15 different things. And in this case, it does. It means everything that's going on in your life. The things you're troubled about. Uh, the friends that you have that are troubled about something, it includes all of that. And so David is crying out and he's saying, guard all of my life, everything that's going on. And I just think that's absolutely beautiful that God can do that and would do that and is willing to do that if we just ask him. You know, the, the thing that you're worried most about in life, you know, graduating from high school or you know, getting that next promotion or the next raise, whatever it is that you're troubled about, God cares about. And I think we often miss that. He really, really cares. Uh, he cares about your relationships. And if you're concerned about a brother or sister, he's concerned about them with you. And, and that's just amazing. You know, you can have some friends and you go tell them your story about who you're concerned about. And they go, that's, I'm so sorry about that. And, and that, they may leave it at that. And that's a good thing for a friend to do is to try to listen. But God goes beyond that. He says, I want to enter into that relationship with you as well. And that's the kind of God we serve. He wants to be a part of all of us. So David cries out, guard all of my life, for I am devoted to you. You are my God, save your servant who trusts in you. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. David's asking for mercy. He's asking for joy. These are all great prayers. <coughs> All great prayers. And so he, he lays his petition before God. He says, God, this is what I need. And then he shifts his prayer life just a little bit, his worship life, his praise life here. And he, he talks about who God is. Right? This is a great pattern, by the way, for how to pray or how to worship, or how, to, how to give praise back to God. It says, you are forgiving and good. We could stop with forgiving, couldn't we? How many of you are glad that God has forgiven you of your sins? Okay. Most of you, it's three or four of you are not sure, but trust me, you want God to forgive you of your sin, right? When you get to heaven, you don't want to stand at the pearly gates and Peter say, we've got, we got to go with some sins here that you, know, that you didn't want God to forgive you of, you didn't confess them. So let's talk about it. You don't want that. You don't, you don't want that story, right? You want to know that when you walk up to the pearly gates, God says, enter in thou faithful servant. Well done. Come on in to the glory of the Lord, right? You are forgiving and you're good. 
we sing a song, Good, Good Father. We almost did it this morning. We, it was in the mix. Uh, we weren't quite sure if we ought to go nine songs or 12 songs. But we were, I think the band was ready to go 12 songs. God is good. He's abounding in love to all who call on you. Right? He's abounding in love. So when we call on God, the Bible says right here, he's abounding in love. Right? Now, if you want a picture of abounding, uh, watch my littlest grandson walk in, or my second littlest grandson walk in, either one of them. When I walk in the door, right, whether it's at their house or when they came in here, they just come running up, right, and jumping all over me. They're abounding with love. They want to abound. And that's the picture. Right? God is abounding in love toward us. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. In the day of my trouble, I will call to you, for you will answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you, O Lord. Uh, <clears throat> no deeds can compare with yours. You know, you, you, can, you can worship a lot of different gods with a little G, but none of them created the heavens and the earth. None of them did. They may have created some, some teachings. They may have created a statue or emblem of themselves. But none of them, none of them have created the entire universe. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, O Lord. They will bring glory to your name. That's us. Okay, we're, we're part of the nations who will come and bring glory to God's name. For you are great and you do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Uh, I think Wayne was saying this morning we were going to sing a song and someone asked him about it and he said, well, it's three chords in the truth. Not sure who said that originally, but it's pretty profound. Three chords in the truth. Do what? We'll have to Google and say who, who said that first. But that should be our life. Just, you know, three chords in the truth. What is the truth? Now, we know that truth has stumbled in the street, like Isaiah said. In our society today, it continues to stumble in the street because people try to make it stumble. But Paul says you can't do anything against the truth, right? Only for the truth. You can try all you want to make truth stumble in the street. But truth is eventually going to win out. And you just you can't stop the truth. It's going to win out. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. There's a passage that talks about parenting. It says train up a child in the way he should go when he's old. Or when she's old. You're old, Taylor. I just want to let you know that. They will not depart from it. And what that scripture is saying is train up a child in the way that God has them bent to be trained. Not the way you think they ought to be or the way the school system thinks they ought to be. But what is God doing in that child's life? Train them up that way. And here David's crying out. And he's saying, teach me your way. It's the same, same word here. Teach me your way. Father, I want to know your way for my life. I don't want to know man's way for my life. I want to know your way for my life. And God's ways are not our ways. And God's ways are not man's ways often. And if you listen to someone who you maybe you respect and admire, and they're telling you what they think about your life, you can get in trouble. I was thinking the other day, Debbie and I were talking about this. There have been three pastors in my life, much older than me when I was younger. And all three of them told me, you'll, you'll never be a preacher. You'll never be a pastor. Don't even try told me that to my face, right? When I was a teenager, like 17 or 18, starting out in church, 20, 21, 22, they were saying, you'll never be a pastor, don't even try. Now, what if I listened to that? 
what if I'd listened? I would have missed out on the, the blessing the Lord had planned for me to be a pastor. So be careful who you listen to. Be careful who you are in agreement with when they say something about who you are. David's crying out and he's saying, Lord, teach me your way from me as I walk in this world. Give me an undivided heart. Whoops. Can we just write that out? We have a divided heart at times, don't we? Don't we? The world kind of divides us off. Isn't that what the parable of the seeds is all about, right? This seed fell on the hard path because it had been beaten and, well, it didn't, didn't do a whole lot. Then there was a seed that fell on the rocks, you know, and it grew up. But when the sun got hot, it didn't have deep enough roots, so it died. And then there was a seed that fell among the thorns, and it grew pretty good. But then the thorns choked it out. The, the cares of this world choked it out. And then there was a seed that fell on the good soil, right? And, and it grew. <coughs> Sometimes we can have a divided heart where the Lord is concerned. We're more concerned about a football team or or work or, or things in life. And we just get divided from 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 God. And you know, there's a passage in the Bible that's a really strong passage. Jesus said it and it kind of hits us in the face at times. It says, He who puts his hand to the plow and then turns around and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. Right? And that's a divided heart. And God cautions us not to have a divided heart. And David cries out, help me not have a divided heart because he knows his heart gets divided at times. He was the king. Can you imagine what he had to deal with? Can you imagine? I met a, I met a pastor this week. He's uh, on staff at a church. He's not the senior pastor. And he was the children's pastor in this church for 12 years and then got promoted to the administrative or executive pastor. And I said, so what's the difference in the two jobs? You know, he said, well, in the first job, when I was a children's pastor, he said, I could do no wrong. He said, man, everybody, oh, you took my kids to camp. Oh, you took my kids out to this and that. He said, parents just praised me all the time. And they're so glad I was doing so much for their kids for 12 years. That's all. Never heard a negative thing. Everybody's just so excited about children's ministry. He said, and now the executive pastor said, nobody's happy about anything. <laughs> it's too hot. It's too cold. The music's too loud. The music's too long. The music's too short. He said, I hear all of it nowadays. You know, we can get, we can get divided, even working for the Lord, right? We can get conflicted about things. We can get off track about things. Lord, give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. And remember, we changed the word fear in the Old Testament now to the word worship because we don't fear God. God is good. He's not to be feared. He's to be revered. He's to be worshipped. He's to be praised. We're not to be afraid of him. They're just going to hit us with a two by four. Remember, he doesn't do that. Remember Romans 2 verse 4. It's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. He doesn't use a two by four and hurt us. Give me an undivided heart that I may worship your name. I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all of my heart. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart. We're going to sing that song in just a little bit. Here's my heart. David says, I want to sing praise to you, O Lord, with all of my heart. Now, I know I've said this before, but it's, it just astounds me that we can go to a rock concert or a football game or a basketball game and scream <coughs> till our lungs, you know, come out our nose, right? I mean, just go crazy screaming. And yet when we sing a song to Jesus in church, 
You know, we sit there with our hands folded and our lips closed and we don't get excited about God. You know, every now and then it's okay to shout for God. Amen. To give God a whoop whoop, you know. Whoop! Right? It's okay. It's okay to do the Holy Ghost hop every now and then. If you can't dance, and I can't, you can certainly jump up and down for Jesus, right? If you'll do it at a ball game, why not do it for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, right? And that's what David's saying right here. I will praise you, O Lord, with all of my heart. Once again, the Hebrew word for heart, it's more than just, you know, the thing that's in your chest beating or some emotion. It's all of you. It's every aspect of you. Jesus says we're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Right? Strength is what? That's part of your body. We're to honor God with our strength. I will praise you, O Lord, with all of my heart. I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love toward me. That's a whole sermon right there. You have delivered me from the depths of the grave. Are you glad you're not going to stay in the grave forever and ever? Are you glad? Anybody? Two of you? Wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. Thank you, Jerry. appreciate it. I saw that hand. Are you glad you're not going to stay in the grave for the rest of your life, right? Amen. Amen. Right? You know, there's some religions that teach that. That if you don't accrue enough points with God, then you get to stay in the grave forever and ever, right? There was a teaching back 500 years ago uh, in the Catholic Church. And it said, you know, and Esther dies, right? And she's in purgatory, a holding cell, if you will. And if you'll give enough money to the church, the priest of the church will pray her out of purgatory and into heaven. And man, you, you didn't want to meet Aunt Esther in heaven and her say, why'd you leave me down there so long? <laughs> right? Because that's what they would teach. If you, don't, if you don't get Aunt Esther out, when she gets into heaven, she's going to chew you and you and in heaven, right? Because you left her down there for a long time. Well, if Aunt Esther's that way, you want to leave her there for a long time, right? <laughs> maybe, she'll, maybe she'll have a change of heart. But that was a teaching back then. And that's what caused the Protestant Reformation. People revolted against that and said, that's not in the Bible. Why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? So that teaching has been around for a long time. That you go and you stay in a place. And if somebody pays enough money, you can get out of that place and go into heaven. Well, we know that's not true. It says, you've delivered me from the depths of the grave. The arrogant are attacking me, O God. A band of ruthless men seek my life. Men without regard for you. Now, a ruthless man is someone who's not married to a woman named Ruth. Thank you, Jerry. I appreciate that. You're the only one with it this morning, but I appreciate you. I want you to know that. A band of ruthless men seek my life. Men without regard for you. But you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God. Watch this now. Slow to anger. Did you grow up with a dad who was fast to anger? She just looked at you, Wayne. What's that about? (laughs) (laughs) You're angry? (laughs) That's funny. Did you grow up with a dad that's slow to do anything? But you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Wow. That's a whole other sermon right there. Look at that. That's, you can just meditate on that. The Father that we cry out to, the 
Father that made us is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. You've got to remember, this is David talking. This is David talking after he's done a lot of bad things. And he recognized who God really is in the midst of the bad things that he did. He recognized who God was. Turn to me, he says, and have mercy on me. Grant your strength and your ser- to your servant and save the son of your maidservant. Grant me your strength. That's a great prayer. If all you got in the morning said, God, give me your strength. Don't say, God, give me strength. Ask for his strength. It's a difference, right? There's a difference. God, give me your strength today to get through what I need to get through. Because some days are harder than others. God, give me your strength. Give it to your servant, the son of your maidservant. Give me a sign of your goodness. You know, people say, we shouldn't ask God for a sign. David did. David did, didn't he? Isn't that what he says right here? What did he say? He says, give me a sign of your goodness. Give me a sign of your goodness. And you don't have to designate what the sign is. Just say, God, give me a sign of your goodness that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, O Lord, have helped me and comforted me. And I prayed for this this week. I prayed that God would give me a sign of his goodness, and he did. I'm not going to tell you what it was. Something special to me. Give me a sign of your goodness, and he did. That my enemies, that's Satan, okay, that's Satan in his, in his tribe, that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, O Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Now, here's one point, and I'm done. God doesn't promise. He never promises that everything's going to work out great for us. God never promises that it's all going to be fine. He says, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But rejoice, I've overcome everything. He never promises to fix everything in this life. I know there's some things you want to get fixed right now. You'd like for some things to be fixed. But God never promises to fix everything. What he does promise is he's compassionate, he's gracious, he's slow to anger, he's abounding in love, and he's abounding in faithfulness. That's what he promises. In the midst of whatever you think needs to be fixed, he's that. So he doesn't promise to fix everything. But he does promise to be everything in the midst of whatever you're going through. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? So the scripture says, the scripture says, I will praise you, O Lord, my God, with all of my heart. We're going to sing a song now while we take communion about here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart. And as you sing, just offer God all of your heart, the good, the bad, the ugly, the wonderful. (laughs) Just offer it to him and say, here's my heart. Here's what I'm dealing with. And ask him to be gracious, compassionate, abounding in love, slow to anger, and generous in your life. Will you do that this morning? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for this psalm. What an amazing psalm. Help us to apply it to our life this moment, this week, uh, this month, Father. Help us to apply it in our lives. Father, help us to worship you with our whole heart. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.